So we've all heard the expression safe as houses and for the longest of times uh, you could always count on property to at least uh, deliver inflation or above inflation based returns in terms of investments. Well, John Lewis, the property sector strategist at F&B Commercial Property Finance uh, joins us live on the line now. And John, I mean that... uh, uh, idea has kind of been turned on its head now. Uh, a lot of people wondering what to do with properties that they can't rent out or to do with bonds that they're now struggling to service. Well, it's never been that. That's always been a myth that property would inflate it above uh, or, you know, keep up with general inflation or, or above. Uh, it's not really the case. Um, property through the ages has gone through long periods of what we call real price declines, in other words, where it isn't keeping up, it either declines in all out nominal terms or in real terms, it's just low nominal growth, which is below general inflation, so there's real real declines or corrections. Um, that has been the case with our property markets, be it commercial, be it uh, residential, um, through, through the ages. Uh, economic fundamentals drive markets up and economic fundamentals at times when they're weak drive markets down. So um, but but yes, there has been this belief, and it's at, at, it, it is a highly cyclical um, uh, uh, asset class uh, property. And I think what fools people is the length of what I call the super cycle. So it goes through long periods of real price decline or real value decline, uh, such as the 1980s, 19 all the way to somewhere in the late 1990s, a long period of stagnation, stagnant property market performance because the economy was not firing on all cylinders during those times. And then we went through a long boom period where it was exactly the opposite from that 99, 2000, all the way to 2008. And now more, more recent years, you've got back into that stagnation. So I think it fools people because of the length of the super cycle and they can't remember the last long period of property stagnation, but it was there. So, John, uh, we need to be reminded, you know, it may have worsened the outlook for the property sector, the advent of uh, COVID-19 and the coronavirus pandemic around the globe. But uh, for at least six months to a year, we've seen the uh, property sector come under severe pressure in South Africa. Yeah, um, it's been, been gradually coming under pressure for even longer, probably you can go probably back a few years to 2016, 2015 or so. Um, what's happened? Well, we had that sort of very big stimulus-generated recovery after the global financial crisis in our economy and economic growth peaked in 2011. But after that, our structural constraints have started becoming more and more of an issue, and economic growth has faded away since 2012 to next near to zero by last year. Uh, the property market then with a lag uh, started to follow. So if you take total returns on commercial prop or commercial property um, from about 20, 20, sorry, 2013, I think it was, to all the way to 2019, total returns, that's income return and capital growth, have more or less halved. Uh, so it's been a gradual process. We almost haven't, it's, it's not been too uncomfortable because it's been a very slow puncture, but property performance has gradually been deteriorating over the past few years, even prior to the, all the, 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 the disruption of COVID-19. 
John Luce, Property Sector Strategist at F&B Commercial Property Finance, chatting to us about the corona crisis and its effects on the property market. Uh, the property market is unfortunately one of those industries that uh, uh, whatever aspect that you look at it, whether or not it's rentals, whether or not it's owner property that's being serviced through a bond, it's going to suffer under worsening economic conditions. There's this knock-on effect that we deal with uh, and that we're seeing unfold before our very eyes, whether or not it's commercial uh, landlords struggling to get uh, their their tenants, be it restaurants or other businesses, to to pay the rent, or indeed people that have lost the, their jobs in those businesses that have closed, unable to pay their rent in their residential home, or people that have lost their livelihoods and and just simply can't service the bond now. Many banks needing to come out and uh, and give people payment holidays. Yes, I think this is a widespread problem. Um, you know, we we see the shutdowns in the retail say, property sector when every time we go to a shopping centre, you see a lot of shops closed and it's only the basic ones that have been open up until recently. Um, but we don't, what we don't see is companies that are shut down that rent office space. So the office market gets affected. Uh, the industrial property market, a lot of manufacturing has, 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 has been shut down through the lockdown period. And not only that, so manufacturers are exporters, so so they suffer at the hands of the what's happening in the world economy too. And then on the rent on the, on the residential side, you've got a whole host of tenants that um, yes, uh, you know, have lost their incomes quite suddenly through a lot of these closures and can't pay their rent. So, you know, to give you an idea of how how, how extreme I think the impact may be on on the residential rental side, for instance. Um, in we, we, if you take TPN's data, uh, a few years ago, about five years ago, at the peak of of the, of the market, about 85% of tenants were in good standing with their landlords. In other words, they were up to date or they'd got negotiated grace periods. That's declined already to by early this year to about 78%. In the financial crisis recession of 2009, that dropped to 71%. Um, and with this looking like being a significantly worse recession than 2009's crisis, this could even drop into the 60s or the 50 percent. That's that's the sort of problem we're dealing with. So, it it it, it is a severe problem. We're expecting a, a recession this year worse than anything in post World War II history, and and no doubt uh, tenants, commercial and residential, that performance will take a, a natural dip as a result. And John. The worst thing about this is the uncertainty. We just don't know which way the uh, local economy, the global economy is going to go once this coronavirus pandemic is dealt with. Some schools of thought suggesting that uh, the economy could recover quite quickly. Uh, others believing that, uh, like you quite rightly say, we're looking at uh, uh, at something similar to the depression of uh, the 30s in the world economy. But it also, in times of crisis, presents unique opportunities. And I remember during my times at uh, uh, Business Day around about 10 years ago, I heard the phrase in the newsroom, when there's blood on the streets, buy property because you won't get a better price. Yeah, um, you know, to, 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 to quote Erwin Roeder down in Cape Town, I've, I've often heard him say that uh, you'll get two great buying opportunities in your lifetime if you're lucky. Uh, something I hope I worded it right, but um, you know these these long property super cycles, 
mean that in our lifetime, the, the bottom of the cycle, the real weakest point when it is the, the most perfect buying opportunity doesn't come around very often. Uh, so to give you an idea of just how long these times are, I would say the last great buying opportunity for property was probably the late 1990s with that big interest rate shock in 1998. That's when real property values, uh, residential and I think even commercial, were at very cheap levels before last decade's boom. That's 22 years ago, and we've still been gradually sort of in, in, the, in, the, in the weakening part of the next super cycle, 22 years in. So I think that gives you a sort of idea of how long these super cycles are. And um, yes, if you look at the listed property sector, the you know, the way the JSE listed property sector has has slumped. Um, you look at the economic fundamentals over the past number of years. One senses that that next great buying opportunity may well be coming. It's it's tough to say exactly where it is. It's a slow process, and but this coronavirus, unfortunately for 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 many, it does take one nearer to a great property buying opportunity possibly uh, and a great property buying opportunity in an environment where interest rates are very low but we need to keep some basics in mind right you can't get a bond if you don't have a stable income and it would be foolhardy to just throw your money into a property when perhaps the the market hasn't quite bottomed out yet a lot of people might be jumping the gun if they're looking to buy property now as opposed to in a couple of months time Sure. Um, you know, I think um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, to tell people when they must buy and when they must sell. But you know, I do think that uh, you know, real, real value property values correct slowly. So they take the the, the property market is no doubt taking um, a lot of pressure during this recessionary period, this crisis period. But you probably see that uh, the real property values continue to correct downwards for the next few years. So it's very difficult to say, and, and it's only with hindsight that you can say for certain, right, that was the bottom of the cycle. But, you know, I think for the next few years, it is becoming uh, gradually a, a better buying opportunity where yields on property will probably uh, rise um, gradually. And in other words, you'll pay less for a, for, for a greater income stream. So it's, I, I think it's going that way. It's more in favor of the buyer, more in favor of the investor. But yes, at, at, in times like this, it's often you know, acquiring the financing because you know people uh, have to have to be bold when they're financing in tough times, and, and often you don't get the finance as easily as you do in the better economic times. That's a, that's the, the, the downside of it. John Luce, property sector strategist at F&B Commercial Property Finance. If you could just give people. Three pieces of advice when they want to dip their toe into the property market now as we approach what you're calling a, a great purchasing opportunity. What are those three basics you've got to keep foremost in your mind before you embark on that investment? Well, I think if you, you know, let's say you, you're delving into residential property investment to buy to let property. I think the, the, the first thing is uh, look at, you, you've got to determine what. The, the the yield is on that property. So in other words, you've got to do your homework, look at the market rentals achievable in whatever area you want to buy and as a, uh, that, that to take a stab at what the operating income is and then the net income, uh, operating income subtracted uh, as a percentage of the actual property value, that will give you an idea of the yield. 
Uh, it's an important figure for, for, for buy-to-let investors. Many in the residential markets, unseasoned investors might overlook this. And see if you're happy with that projected annual income stream. Typically in weak uh, economic times or weak property times, that yield can increase and become more attractive over time. So that's, a, that's an important thing is to understand the, the concept of, 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 of a net yield on property and see if it's acceptable to you. But the other thing too is in, which is important is to, to understand. And you know, it's, it's tough investing in times like this because the tenant population is under pressure too. And you, you need a good tenant, otherwise things can go horribly pear-shaped for you. So use bureaus like TPN, for instance, and to, 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 to vet tenants for, for, for payment performance and make sure you, 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 you get the good tenants. I think that's very important because a bad tenant can cost you a lot of money and, and a, lot of, a lot of effort and trouble. Um, so that, that, those are those are few basic tips for the, the, the inexperienced investor that's starting. Uh, I'm not a seasoned investor myself, let's put it that way, but um, those are a couple of things to look at. It's all about, you know, it is about getting a good tenant. And I think in times like this, when you are the landlord, um, it's important to look after your good tenants. Even the good tenants now might suffer income problems, income uh, disruptions, and get into trouble through no fault of their own. I think it's important to proactively look after the tenants, whether it's a payment holiday, whether it's giving them a, a more affordable lease, uh, that's for you to decide. But looking after a good tenant um, is is crucial here. John Lewis, some sage advice there, property sector strategist at FNB. Thank you very much for your time on early breakfast. And I suppose the point to drive home there is rather take a tenant that can pay, even if it's a lower rent, than uh, run the risk of a tenant that will not be able to uh, pay their rent come the end of the month because you were pushing for just that little bit extra of a rental deposit into your bank account come month 